0: Hello, Church. Welcome to the online lesson, which is going to be very different than the one which will be live streamed today. Now, if we get the live streaming correct and all of the sound comes out good, then we do plan to transition from this pre-recorded lesson and worship to just inviting you into our church building and seeing it live. But we're not quite there yet. The audio last week wasn't up to par. We want to make sure that the music, the readings, the sermon, everything is as if you were in the room. So we purchased more equipment and people are working on it. And today in particular, that gives us a bit of a challenge. We've been going through the book of Job and we were about ready for the second exchange with Bildad kicking in. But we're taking a break for one week because at the church building, we are resetting who we are and remembering who we are and there are going to be quite a few people up in front of the room each giving a portion of either a creedal statement that we believe or a scripture that's that's going to be very important and I'll explain why in just a moment we will get back to Job next week and again if the sound is brilliant and perfect on our live stream we will direct you to that for next week if not I'll record a separate lesson right here because those of you that are are at home right now are very dear to us, whether you're listening to us around Franklin, Tennessee and Middle Tennessee, or as we have found out, listening to us from Malaysia and Indonesia and all over the U.S. and Canada, we want you to know that you can be a member at 4th just by wanting to be a member at 4th. Just send us an email at the website, And also, remember this, you need to do good in the communities in which you live. Now, that's been a little hard with all of the lockdowns and quarantine, but I know that we can find ways to still care for each other. And as and if, according to what region you're in, these restrictions are lifted, I pray that we'll let our light shine much more brightly than it was before. The world is in a race to the gutter with fear, accusation, and hate. Do not engage in that race. Rather, show love to all with, without regard to statue, uh, st- um, uh, stature, rather, or placement, or class, or color, or any of those other silly things we throw on people. Let's instead be kind, and be open, and be Christian. Now, every so often, you really have to hit a reset button. A husband and wife need to take a trip just to love on each other and talk. They they need a date night. Churches need a reset every so often to say, let's remember who we are. In the middle of this tornado of, of fear and anger in which we find ourselves, and then plopped right into it is all this with the virus. We need to remember who we are. Now, in the Churches of Christ, especially in the last hundred years, people get the idea, or have the idea, that uh, creeds were a bad thing. And they'll even say, oh, we don't have any creed but the Bible. That has been a watchword of ours for the last hundred years or so. But it's not really correct. Not all of the Bible is our creed. I don't believe that the... um, naming of what particular duties each tribe was to have on the other side of the Jordan is all that meaningful to us. And I don't think we require anybody to not only know it all, but to say, I believe it all. Of course, if you know it, then you believe it. But you know what I'm talking about. A creed, when done properly, is a distillation of everything we believe in the fewest words possible. Now, there's a reason for that. Most of human history relied upon the voice to remember its past, to remember its, its story, its very identity was passed on by word of mouth, literally. And even after the printing press was, um, was established, books were hard to come by. Newspapers, no. You would have a frontispiece piece they sometimes call, like it's, it's printed on one side And every so often a town crier would go out to the middle and ring a bell or something and then read you the news. But you got it once, and then you walked away and everybody heard something different and the rumors started. We live in a very blessed time where we can actually look at the words of scripture and we can even write down what we believe. And that's a good idea. But no less so worthy than Alexander Campbell, one of the founders of the Restoration Movement, known to historians mainly now as the Stone Campbell Movement, he embraced the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed pretty much, but he really addressed the Apostles' Creed. He said, there is nothing in that creed that I would hesitate to say, I believe, and I would have no objection, he said, to quoting it and saying this, I believe. What the Restoration Movement, which later would become the Church of Christ, the Independent Christian Church, and the Disciples of Christ, what they were saying in those early days was, we don't want to be divided by creed. In other words, you read the Bible, and you come up with the Westminster Confession of Faith. I read the Bible, I come up with the Apostles' Creed, and Ojo Joe over there, he reads the Bible, and he comes up with the Nicene Creed. The wording, very, very similar— covering very very similar topics but because our creeds disagree we have to fight and we can no longer be in fellowship with you. Campbell, Stone and so many others said no 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 we're allowed to read the bible, we're allowed to have our opinions, we're allowed to hold differing opinions as long as we do not do so uncharitably or today we would probably say have a good attitude and don't make the divisions Uh, Rather, don't make division among us because of wording in a creed. We can read our Bibles and we can come to different conclusions. And as Paul told us, whatever conclusion you come to about some of these matters, just keep that to yourself. Paul would not have done well in Twitter. Um, No judgment. Keep your opinions to yourself. Wow. We might want to remember that and be more like Paul then. You see, that's the thing. We want to remember so i'm going to go over what others would be reading in the live stream today the first is the nicene creed there are several different wordings available for it because people's understanding changes they uh, a, a new time comes where you have a better translation of scripture or you find an older manuscript or you've prayed and thought and you come to a different term that you feel needs to be used But this is the standard, most common form of the Nicene Creed. If you are at the live service this Sunday, you would be standing and reading this along with the presenters. I'm not asking you to stand, but I am inviting you to either read this with me as it comes up on your screen in PowerPoint, or that at the very end of it, after you've checked it all out and you agree with it, that you say, Amen. Amen because we at 4th Avenue do believe these things. The Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of the same essence as the father through him all things were made for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven he became incarnate by the holy spirit and the virgin mary and was made human he was crucified for us under pontius pilate he suffered and was buried the third day he rose again according to the scriptures he ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the father He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the father and the son and with the father and the son is worshiped and glorified. He spoke through the prophets. We believe in one holy universal apostolic church. We affirm one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look forward to the resurrection of the dead and to life in the world to come. Amen. Now, those of you that are uh, really up to date on your theology or your history will notice that we did change a word there. In the Nicene Creed, it says that we believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. Whenever we use that term, for most of us, it brings to mind Roman Catholic because we're in the West. If we were in the East, it might bring to our minds, the Orthodox Church, but that's not what the word means. Whenever it says Roman Catholic Church on a building, for example, it's actually a rather odd juxtaposition of words because Roman obviously is a flavor, a style uh, that comes from an area and a historical epic. Catholic means everybody, all over, all of us, universal. Well, we don't want you to say Catholic if that bothers you because you think somebody might think you're speaking of one particular segment of the faith community. And so we replace Catholic with universal. Otherwise, that has been unchanged, relatively unchanged, for a very long time, the Nicene Creed, there's a shorter creed called the Apostles' Creed, which is also very nice to have about. It does encapsulate what we believe. Now, for those who might be thinking, well, it left out some stuff there. Yes, it did. The very things that Paul left out, whenever Paul said, I am ready and to say I know nothing except Jesus Christ, who came to earth, who taught us, who died, was resurrected and ascended up into heaven he if he can boil the christian message down to that and say i know nothing but this so can we and the great leaders of the restoration church also agreed on this and the great theologians of history some of them were narrow but those who really looked at these creeds said these embrace all it used to be that the Catholic Church would wage war on the Protestants physical, with sword and gun. And there were some Protestants that waged it right back, physical, sword and gun. Whenever the war turned cold, therefore we're not killing each other anymore, for many, many years, both sides looked at each other and said, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be saved. It might fascinate you to know that Alexander Campbell did not agree with this. In fact, he said that the Pope was his brother and that they would spend eternity together. And when in a debate with a Baptist who was getting really harsh on Alexander Campbell, Mr. Campbell then said in his reply, he took great comfort in the fact that even if, after all of this debate, that he and his opponent could not come to terms with agreement on this or that doctrine. He took great comfort in knowing that they would be brothers forever in heaven, regardless. Fourth Avenue does not draw lines. We say, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God? If they say yes, we walk with them. If they say no, we still love them. We still serve them. We will, we will do anything we can for them. But all believers in Christ, I mean, that's, there is one way to heaven, according to Jesus himself. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's in John 14. And if Jesus says it, we believe it. This creed encapsulates that. And sometimes, before you go off into that very dark world that's kind of scary, it would be nice to say the creed. Sometimes, before you turn on your computer, and engage with what is called social media, but which is often asocial and antisocial. It might be best to remember the creed. This is who you are. Behave accordingly. Also during the service on the 21st June, we will be saying the Lord's Prayer together. Now, those of you again, who know your Bibles quite well, know that there are two versions of the Lord's Prayer. Some people who don't really understand how life works will say, oh, that's a contradiction because here it says Jesus said this, but over here it says he said this and a few words are different. Jesus would have said this more than once. He would have given this prayer more than once. You didn't have a microphone and you didn't have the internet, so you talked to people in smaller groups and when they got to bigger groups, you had to divide them and things were repeated, so no. There's no contradiction. But Jesus asked us to, when we ask him rather, how to pray, he said, pray like this. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. A couple things I want to bring to your attention. One, this is a King James Version. I'm going to do that not only for this, but also for the next passage. Because it is more common usage and the beauty of the words. I absolutely support modern versions. I use an, a, a 2011 version of the NIV. I have seen great things out of the CEV and several others. And, and some of the um, the paraphrases, not really translations, but paraphrases like the message or the story or the uh, the Living Bible, those are nice to have about. But I have stood by many graves and had a family ask me to lead them all in the Lord's Prayer and seen the confusion that falls upon them when they're all trying to remember it from their own versions. So I figured, let's just do the King James for now. But there's another reason why. It seems stilted, doesn't it? And it seems a bit formal when thy and thine. Do you know that in 1611, when this was first published, it was not considered formal. In fact, English had other words for formal. You and your. Those were used when you were addressing people such as majesty, a king or queen. More familiar was thy and thine. King James was trying to show, well, his, he didn't translate it. His panel of scholars did, and then he'd put some edits in. Those translators were trying to show us that now because of Jesus, we approach God on friendly terms. Wow. I mean, that's just outstanding. And did you notice what's not in this prayer? Not all that, beating myself on the head, I'm just such a terrible person, such a worm as I. How would you, why would, none of that. But our Father, this is what we would like. This is, you please do this for us. So don't worry about prayer. You're not doing it wrong. Go ahead and pray. Then, There's another passage, and this one is really, it means a lot to me. It's the 23rd Psalm. Oh my goodness. It has meant a great deal to me for a long time. In fact, in in Scotland, they sing the Psalms. You have the Scottish Psalter, and Psalter is P-S-A-L-T-E-R. Look them up. I'm sure there are some online versions, but I I buy a copy every so often just to keep with me, where they make the, the Psalms rhyme so that they can be sung. I, I think is brilliant. And in fact in our songbooks, do you remember songbooks? We used to have songbooks, there were several versions of the Lord is my shepherd. And I know them all and I love them all. Well I ask for Larry Lee to put this into the King James once again, because of the beauty of its language and also because it is more familiar to most. But I will take a moment here to break into the recitation, just to help us understand and unpack this. I really have not checked every other version on the planet. So I'm not going to say nobody gets this song right. But what I will say is I've not found a version that truly improves upon the King James by making it more understandable without adding extra or taking away something important. But that's just me. Your mileage may vary. The 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm going to stop there. When I was a boy, I was thinking, why are we saying this to God? Saying, you're my shepherd, but I don't want you. Well, that that's not what we're saying. In, in the English of 1611, which truly was a different language, we have to admit that the King James Version is a different language than the one we speak. I shall not want means I will lack nothing but even that doesn't get across what the Hebrews trying to say the Lord is my shepherd therefore I'm convinced I'm going to be okay now that doesn't mean that you're not going to die and it doesn't mean that you're not going to get sick doesn't mean you're not going to lose your job what it means is I trust my shepherd if you've ever watched sheep or been around sheep for very long, you know that none of them are ever going to be found on Jeopardy winning. They're not smart. And they don't see ahead. They don't read the room. They take, they take their lives in their hands by waking up seriously. You need a shepherd to guide them. And what this first line, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, says he's got this. He's got this, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm gonna be okay. Now I can look in the mirror and I can see the age lines and I can see the saggy skin and I can see that I'm getting older and there are little spots on my skin and I can see all of that and I can know that whatever peak I had in life was a long time ago and we're on the downward slide and it's still okay. Because even though I may not get everything I want today and even though I may not have a perfect day, God's got this. What a what, what! a nice way to start the hymn. The Lord's my shepherd. Can't beat him. He's the best shepherd. It's really what we're saying. Then, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Again, when I was a boy, the commandments made perfect sense to me. They still do, mind you. Except for one, back in the day, did not make sense to me. And that was the Sabbath one. You're going to rest, and I'm going to make sure you do it. I always wondered, well, what if you got somebody who likes to be busy? What if you got somebody who likes to do stuff and read stuff and, and work? And I didn't quite understand it then, but I do now. And with the staff here at Fourth Avenue, I constantly remind them, take Sabbath. Don't come in. You're tired. You're stressed. You've worked too hard. I remember when Lauren was our... our youth minister here coming back from camp she and evan and all of the volunteers had beaten themselves up working so hard so gary and i talked to each other and i think it was gary's idea to give credit where credit is due because sometimes i need another pair of eyes well i always need another pair of eyes and gary said they put in so many 24-hour days We need to find a way to kind of help balance their workload. And so we agreed to give them some more days off, paid days off. Why? Because we want them to hang around. If you want your minister to hang around, and you've been very kind, please do not misread what I'm saying. You give him time to not be around. You give him Sabbath. And the same with all of us. We need Sabbath, and it's brutally difficult to get, isn't it? Because our phones follow us home, and now since the the lockdowns, many of you have been working from home, and you may not go back. You may physically work at home, and ding, and the notifications, and they expect you to be there. This is going to be hard, but there are going to be times that you need to enforce a Sabbath. Now, by that, I don't mean that you can't get on your phone and check out at whoever is doing on Facebook. What I'm saying is some time for peace. For some people, it's hiking. For some people, it might be exercise and running. Other people, it might be quietly sitting, playing an instrument. I'm not going to say what it is for you, but make sure it's a regular part. And in this, it says, my shepherd knows me so well, he makes me lay down and then he leads me by besides still waters <coughs> fish are uh, i'm sorry uh, s- sheep are not fish sheep are not accomplished swimmers you don't you don't wade them across a raging torrent god's not going to put you where you don't belong and he's going to put you where you can do what you need to do still waters it's a great line He restoreth my soul. Now, here's a King James oddity, the us on the end of a verb. And we used to make fun of that. You know, I stood up and spoke unto them. But there's a reason for the us. In Greek, there are voices of verbs that we don't have in English. And then there are many that we do, but we don't know the names for them because we don't study that in school. When there's an us on the end of a verb in the King James, it means this is a continuing action. He continually restores my soul. He's always patching it up. If you buy a house, especially an older house, you know you bought yourself a hobby for the rest of your life. God bought himself a hobby for the rest of his life when he got us. He will continually refresh and restore you. He will continually, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Please remember that. He's leading you, he's guiding you, he's loving you. But this story is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about him. Therefore, we say the creed or we remind ourselves somehow of who we are and what we believe before we engage with anybody online or in person because we do not want to hurt God's reputation. We want to live for his name to be glorified. And look at this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I do want you to notice something here. I've heard this used many times as a comfort, as and so it should be. But I've heard it completely divorced from the verse ahead of it. Who led you into the valley of the shadow of death? Well, we just said God leads us everywhere. Yep. Sometimes God puts us in dangerous places or allows us to place ourselves there. I'm not going to try to figure that one out today. Thanks. Sometimes God allows us to hurt a bit because he's got something else coming down the line that we're going to need to be ready for. And the only time we're going to be ready for it is if we understand it and we have dealt with it. And then again, all of us die one out of one. God leads us on this journey. And he said, but I will not be afraid because thy rod and thy staff, the rod there does not mean a stick you hit people with. The staff was there for that. The rod is the same word we get in the Greek translation, the Septuagint, the the same word we get our word canon from. Scripture, law, the words of God will lead me even here. I've attended many, many, many deaths. And as I watch a person in their last moments, the last thing they'd usually remember and react to if they're a believer are the hymns and scripture. When even if Alzheimer's has taken almost everything else, you see the light come on. The words of God and the words about God are guiding them. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. That's one verse, three sermons. We don't have time to do three sermons here. What does it mean to prepare a table for you in the presence of my enemy? I used to, when I, I used to think that, well, he gave us our food, our daily bread, uh, but we're still on this planet. No, it's, it's better than that. You are who you eat with in those days. There's great enemy comes and here comes our great God, Nobody dares go up against him. And he has a table set and he brings us right in front of our enemy and he eats with us. It is a way of, for God to say to the enemy, this one's mine, you bother them, you're coming at me, you'll deal with me. Wow, what a great promise. And then he's gonna take care of you. gonna put oil on your head. That was a very, it was a medicinal thing, a comfort thing in the heat of the day with all the dust and the bugs and the like. So, He's gonna be watching you and actively caring for you. No wonder my cup runneth over. I've got so many blessings. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the Psalm ends there, please take comfort. It doesn't say, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever if I get everything exactly right. You're not going to get everything exactly right. You're not, you're not even going to get the big things exactly right. Just get the biggest thing exactly right. The Lord is my shepherd. There you go. Get that one. He'll handle everything else. I look forward to the date when we're able to gather together, all of us. But some of you will need to stay at home and we get that. And some of you don't live in America or live within driving. We get that, so we are going. We are committed to bringing this to you for as, God, as long as God lets us. Pray for our nation. Pray for your nation wherever you are. Pray for your community, and then remember who you are, what you believe, and act accordingly.